Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. How hard has it been teaching me operations? Uh <laughs> I say this with all kinds of love in my heart. You are, <laughs> you are a pain in the ass. I and guarantee it. Uh, and it, it's really been more. You know, you buy into the idea when we talk about stuff and plan things out. You, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that's perfect. That'll work. Awesome. Uh, and then you don't. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it's and you don't follow that process. And it's it's been, you know, we've been doing this for over three years now because I, I got our a uh, couple weeks ago. I got our oh, congratulations. You've known Donnie for four years on Facebook uh, <laughs> pop up. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's been that long. Uh, but, you know, Shoot it's been a, <laughs> uh, I've survived. Uh, but it, it's been a, uh, it's been a, it's been a process to get you to, uh, you know, once we set a process in place and a, a system to follow it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a thing that's chased me my entire life. It's part of it is I don't remember. Um, the other pros part of it is it feels so fucking mundane that I feel like I got to slow down every time to, to follow a, a process. So it takes me a lot of work to get focused in on doing the things. And, and what's funny is I know doing the boring stuff is what really helps build empires. Uh, it's remembering to do that stuff well and it's and maybe this wasn't a saying in the marines but i'm assuming it was uh slow is smooth and smooth is fast and the whole concept was take your time follow the steps do it right and then you know that that goes quicker than when you just try and you know head rush into a situation but that's i would i would challenge that's also how you're wired Right. I'm totally not wired that way. And 
there's some major positives about being wired this way because I'm, I, I will do a lot of things, but there's some huge tragic, you know, downsides of not following your own systems. And I worked for a guy once upon a time that used to create these systems and this would be the new way we were doing things and do that. Then would do the same thing I do to you all the time. And okay, we'll just forget. We created that system altogether, you know, and just go around it and do it. It used to drive me fucking bonkers. So I think uh, it's it's something that I'm going to be working on for quite a long time of being able to stay in and do the mundane thing. Um, Asana has been huge for me. Yeah. You know, uh, that's that's given me a place to collect thoughts, see what's coming up. Uh, I <laughs> drive Kevin nuts because I very rarely will click a check mark to say that task has been done, but. Yeah, I think if you got guys like me that you got to find systems that will work within the matrix of my crazy ass mind. Well, and it's understanding, I think, for a lot of people, uh, because there's the you you come from a place of wanting to take action. Yes. And you want to do things and you want to do things quickly. But it's helping people like that understand that. All right. So, yes, we want to get things done in a in a really quick, timely manner. But if you don't follow this process and the system we have set up, it is going to take longer to get all the stuff done because then we have to go back and fix a bunch of stuff, you know, which we discovered uh, with one of our groups that didn't start through the normal process. Uh, And it was like, oh, we didn't get that thing done. Oh crap, we forgot that because none of the normal uh, task notifications went out. So it's like, oh, crap, we didn't do this thing. Uh, so that's really what it is. It allows you to do things at, at a speed and, and create almost like a muscle memory of uh, here's how we do it. Uh, so it just happens over and over and over. And you can take that action faster. But at the beginning, it is painful. It's like, oh, I got to do this step. And it becomes, you know, like like learning to clean your weapon in the military. They teach you a very specific process of how to take your weapon apart and where to put stuff down so you remember where all the pieces are and how to clean it and, and all that stuff. And the difference and being, I guarantee you followed that step. Uh, I did at the beginning, but I don't anymore because I figured out the process that works for me uh, so that I don't lose all the crap and I still get to turn my weapon in on time. But, you know, that's the reason they taught it was so that you you learned how to do it a specific way. And you could go do it without the drill sergeant or your NCO looking over your shoulders. But then as you figured it out, you learned, all right, I can do it this way. And this is quicker for me. So, uh, but, you know, that's the thing with process. So it's all about actually helping speed up how things get done, not trying to slow stuff down. Well, and I will say, I think one of the, the greatest things you said to me early on is not everybody's built like you. And you said it to me enough fucking times <laughs> I finally started hearing it. Because, I mean, in truth, you know, I build for myself. Um, and I know what I do and what I won't do. And, you know, we saw some of our early networking groups and how much they went off the rails because we didn't have a whole lot of defined – take that back. You had a defined, laid-out process <laughs> system and everything else. I just wasn't going to follow it because it wasn't how I always did things. I always shoot from the hip and learning that everybody doesn't shoot from the hip has been a valuable lesson because if I only build it for myself, nobody else can fucking use it. And it's a frustration as well because I just want everybody to run as fast as my head works. So, uh, 
and they don't. So it's working within the means that they'll operate, which is no fucking fun. Yeah. And you want everyone to run at your speed. Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, you know, sprinting full speed ahead all the time. Yep. And, and, and that's what you are looking for. And, it, and, um, there, we have not found a lot of people who can keep up with that. We will. I, they're out oh, there. I, oh, I think we will totally. But you know, up to this point, we have not found the people who can sustain that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's the interesting conundrum of how do you move really fast, but make it so you can multiple people can move fast at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because if you stay working at the speed of what others will work, you won't be able to hit the milestones and goals you need to work. You got to figure out how to make the system work. So they do work at a faster pace, but things yep. get done right. You know, oh, uh, I really wish you were uh, in Atlanta with me when I had the talk with Zach. Cause it was a damn good talk sitting down with him. Uh, we talked a lot of good things about operations and the like. And Zach's such a good guy, man. I mean, uh, tons of knowledge up there in his freaking noggin. And the way he looks at operations as a business is just pretty rad. So I think you guys are going to be in for a kick or trick as uh, we kick this next portion over and you get to hear Zach and I talk about. Uh, and we were live in person, which makes it even more fun. Uh, we don't get to do that very often. So, so enjoy hanging out, me and Zach, and as we talk through some of the operational stuff. I'm five years into running business, right? And we've just gotten to the point of really outsourcing, bringing on teams and everything yep. else. What's the best way for us to set it up so we're actually operations is taken care of, we're bringing the right people on, they're doing the right mechanics. What's our move to get the right people and do the right things? I think the big piece for me um, is finding that operations manager, right? The, the implementer and integrator. And those are two different pieces attached, if you know EOS yep. and uh, traction, um, having those people that manage those people. So if it's an office manager or that mid-level, so if you don't have, a lot of people won't have a COO at that point, right? Ooh. But they'll be the CEO, the CMO, they have all these vision pieces. They've been doing that operations piece for so long, but they keep, so they start hiring these people. Oh, we need this graphic designer, a social media person, a salesperson, and then they're now managing all of that. Right. Yep. So you have the SOPs, hopefully at this point, if you don't have the SOPs, go all the way back, get the SOPs in place. Right. right so, so, so there, I mean, we have a lot of the SOPs, but where yeah. somebody start in creating those SOPs? I mean, we do it kind of as yep. we go along where we're like, okay, here's step yep. one, step two, step three document. How does somebody come up with their SOPs so that they can get these people in here doing things? I would do it every time you hire somebody. Okay. Because it's going to shift. Right. So from the time you started your company, your SOPs have shifted just right. a smidge, right? Well, Especially for scalability. So it turns Cause, into- Because our original SOPs are built so we can do it, yes. not for scale, right? Yes. So you do it one way, then you hire somebody, you teach them to do it. As you teach them to do it, document it. Right. And then you start, whether it's via video or whether it's actually like, and I, I like doing both. You videotape it and then you can transcribe it. I do like a bullet point outline. You know, step one, step two, step three, all the way down to the granularity of, I'm teaching you how to complete this process. And then as you continue to grow and scale, that person, you hire somebody else is now responsible for teaching that. 
you document it again. Go back so and polish that up. You say more. teach that. In, in my head, the way I've always looked at it is, yeah, it's teach it, but it's their job to actually create the process. So we create the SOP based on how we believe yep. we do it. They come in, refine it so it actually works for them. Right. And then they actually own the process when they can teach it somebody Yes. Else. Yes. So they're massaging in all the process. Yep. So the SOP from two years ago is going to be different than what they're actually doing today. Right. right. You right. might not have documented that piece, which is fine. But the moment you bring in another person as they start teaching it, do the same process again. Start documenting, redo the SOP, polish up the SOP. So hey, this is how over the last two years I found it's easier to do it this way, this way. And this by the way, way, in case anybody's listening, SOP is standard operating yes, procedure. <laughs> and I'm just I, that, yeah, yeah, I, I would be going with it, right? Hey, Donnie Bovin here, CEO of Success Champions Networking. And I just want to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com and I look forward to seeing you there. Um, yeah, so you continually, and the big thing, people do these business plans. They do these marketing plans, all these plans, yeah. right? Um, and they get 30, 40, 50 pages into it. Of nothing. Of nothing, <laughs> right. right? It's a great, and we talked about it in the military, left and right limits, yep. right? It's a great bumper rails, but we have to recognize it's, it should be a fluid document. Yes. It's not the U.S. Constitution. Or right? another way of saying it, a living document. Yes. Right? Yes. Living, breathing, where it ebbs and flows. It gives you an idea of where you want to go, but it's not telling you how to get there. Right. Right. The right. SOPs are where it kind of breaks it down a little bit more. This is how you get to this end result. And you keep documenting that and refreshing it and redoing. It's not, all right, I'm good. I did this once. Right. We can keep going and I can build this this monument to myself about this great business. And it yeah, doesn't work that way. I, I, I know for me, my biggest struggle is I hire people. I believe they should be the expert in it. Mm -hmm. And then my worst thing that I do is think that they can read my own head. Yep. Right. So I'm like, okay, you're the best at this, go do this. And then they come back and the deliverable is not what I'm looking for, but I didn't tell them exactly what the right. deliverable I need because I, I assume they're an expert. So how do I, wrap my head around or slow it down enough to be able to say, okay, here's what I need created when I have my own beliefs that fuck, this is what you do. You should be <laughs> fucking good at it. Right? right. You know, how do I slow it down enough to be able to get them more than just SOPs? Cause SOP is going to yep. give me an, an outline, but it doesn't yep. necessarily give me the deliverable. So it, it depends how you're doing it. Is it an employee different way of doing it or 1099 yeah. or fractional you're outsourcing right. it to a marketing firm right say right. they have their own vision and belief and whatever so which avenue because you're going to do it very differently depending on how it is if it's an employee you're going to invest a lot more time and effort for sure right if it's a fractional company that you brought in to do it for you they should have this level of expertise so as as someone's growing their business do they look at fractional do they look employees do they look at 1099 i mean what where where do we Man, go i still don't have w2 employees me either like, I, <laughs> and, and i don't have any desire to no because it complicates things yes so i love a great 1099 because if they're not working out you just remove them you get the next one yes but also it also gives you the capabilities of leader 
usually to nine employees don't want to be in this world. They don't necessarily want to be employees. Yes. They have their own thing going. Yes. You can feed into that and that will further help you grow as well. And if they end up leaving you because they built their own thing, well, right. now they're a great referral partner for you, whatever that may be. Right. Um, I love a fractional employee. 299s can be fractional employees of that capacity, but a fractional COO. I love this idea of fractional employees because we haven't looked at it that way. We've hired 1099s or, and we've outsourced, but I love the idea of fractional because in my head, if they're a fractional, then they are legit the best of what they do because mm -hmm. you're hiring a fractional COO, a yep. fractional operations manager, you know, even a fractional marketing company, right? That means they're running that inside your company yep outside of it right which I, I really love that idea if you have the capability to trust correct right correct you can't bring in a fractional coo and then micromanage a fractional coo like they're your coo right so there's a lot that goes into bringing in somebody like myself to be your coo and recognize if that person's idea is i'm going to be a coo for this company forever that's the wrong person yes as a C fractional coo my job is come in make sure everything's working really well and then help you find an oper operations manager integrator and implementer implementer that is going to be a 40 hour a week employee for you. Right. And I hire to replace myself and I go on my way. I have enough companies. I don't want to be your COO too. Right. So if, if that attitude is, oh, this is going to be a great client for the next five years for me, to me, that's not a fractional employee right. or you just right. brought on a COO. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I, and I love that thought process of being able to go fractional and bring in the yeah. actual person that's smart as hell because I think. Oftentimes, my biggest struggle is lost in translation. You know, I'll have a idea in my head of this is what I want to accomplish and feel like we've had some great conversations wrapped around what we want done and then deliverable on the, on the back end doesn't, you know, end up being the result that I needed to happen. And, and I know that's a communication fault of my own, you know, saying this is exactly what I want to do. Um, but I love this idea of doing it from the fractional because and looking at it from the perspective of if it's fractional, they should be helping me replace themselves. That's fucking 100%. brilliant. That is 100%. fucking brilliant. Because it creates something where, one, the growth happens, but two, it keeps you streamlined. And you'll notice back in when, when COVID hit, people that had mass amount of W-2s couldn't all, every, either everybody was fired and they're like screwed, or they couldn't streamline their overhead enough to survive. Yes. And one of the pieces that, thankfully for me, prior to 2020, I had a year of training where I had to 15 months, basic training, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. How do I streamline my operations? A year in Afghanistan. How do I streamline my operations? So for me, it's been like literally in the trenches of how do I make my company operate so streamlined? My overhead's minimal. Everything I do is so minimal where if COVID hit, I'm like, okay. It didn't bother me any because I didn't have to lay off a bunch of people. Right. I didn't have to worry about unemployment. I have to worry about all this other stuff. Some people might say, oh, that's a bad way to do business. But for me, it's like, that's a smart way because I've survived. Those companies that didn't survive, that couldn't hire those people back, that's a bad way to do yeah. business because now nobody's profiting on that. Yep. Well, and even for us, which I loved is we were already an online business. So when COVID hit, it was we just had to add additional business model yep. that helps other people and do what we've already been doing, which, which was how we came up with SEN and everything. So that's been yep. a really cool thing. Um, and, and I would say that for most people, the ability to adapt in a moment is a fucking huge, huge thing that they yeah. got to be able to do. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's so many people that are handbook this, handbook that, you know, they're, they're, you know, all this documentation. Are you a document heavy when it comes to the operation side of things, or mm -hmm. is it more fluid in nature? Um, I think you have to document. 
I hate it myself at times because it can be arduous, right? It can be really like a pain in the ass to right. document everything. But when you go back to scalability, you're going to have to do it anyways, right? Right. If you want to be able to replace yourself and, and not be a job, which we talk about a yep, lot, yep. if you want to build a business, you have to think a great book, um, Built to Sell. Yeah. And it talked about the processes and like, this is like the person bought the process that he developed, right? That's the whole piece. Well, if you don't document it, there's nothing to show. Right. You, you're literally just floating out in the ethers. So to me, it's better to go ahead and start early, get in the habit of documenting these things. Because at some point you're going to have to, when it right. comes to like, all right, now I want to scale my company beyond, then you're going to have to go back and make, oh shit, we got to catch up. We got to right. go all the way back. And now that's, that becomes where a lot of people recognize like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's too much work to go back and do that process. So they hit a ceiling because they're unwilling to go back to do the process of documenting a process to scale yep. and grow. So it's like, ah, that's too much of a pain in the ass. I'm not going to do it. All right. Well, you just limited yourself. Yeah. Agreed. You Agreed. Know? You know, and the other thing that kept popping in my head is, you know, there's a lot of moving parts inside. You know, we have three companies, you know, you have like a bajillion <laughs> companies at this point. You know, for us, we have to use Asana as a project management tool to make sure yep. we're doing the right thing at the same yep. time. Do you guys use, recommend Asana or some similar programs or program you're all into or? I mean, I've used ClickUp, Monday, yep. Asana, um, uh, what's the other one? Slack. Slack. Yep. Right. You know, there's so many different they're all the damn same at the end of the day they all achieve the same the baseline it's like a crm a crm's a crm's a crm yeah all of them have a little bit of flavor to them that make it a little bit different um asana's a great one like i like it because of the capability it's user-friendly on every side so when you introduce a lot of people in asana it's like just follow these taskings done right um but i think you have to have something like that that a lot of people will do like an excel spreadsheet check in and whatever I'm like that's a that becomes a pain in the ass where it's not lifetime uploaded or like I'll use like uh, everything I've built is on Google, right? So yep. it's on the Google workspace. So yep. everything's live shared and file share and updating share. Um, Asana is one of those that is perfect for that check-in process. Perfect for accountability. Perfect for this is what we're doing without you having to come ask. It's like, you better be updating your sheet. Right, right, right. You know, it's funny is, is so we use Asana. I've learned it. I've got into it. And, you know, We've had vendors come to us and, and they're like, hey, we're going to use this program because we're good at it. Kevin will immediately step and goes, no, we won't. It took me this long to get Donnie to use this shit yep. and get yep. good at this shit. You're not going to change it all yep. up. Um, and then I, to your point, you've got to use what you're comfortable with yep. or you're just not going to use it at all. 100%. So, Especially with the CEOs, right? Yeah, As yeah, an yeah. ops guy, I'll use whatever the hell the CEO is comfortable with or right. the, the business owner is comfortable with because at the end of the day, I need you to do it. And I actually ran into this with a business partner I had on that international dance competition. Visionary. Would not return emails. <laughs> would not get into paperwork. Wouldn't do the simple things and expected me to do it all. I'm the COO of this side of, it, of the partnership. He expected me to do all these things and then would ask me, hey, how do I actually access that so I can review it? Like, bro, I've taught you this. Right. Like, so it became like an incompetence. You sound like Kevin. 100%. <laughs> I understand his rage, right? Because at some point it becomes, hey, as a CEO, you're now being incompetent. Yeah. Because I've taught you this over and over again. You expect it of these people that don't give a shit yep. about our project and yep. you won't do it yourself. Okay, well, how can I turn around and say to our employees, hey, you need to do this when you won't do it yourself? And it becomes that little bit of hypocritical. And I don't love the the mindset of a lead by example, but to an extent, you have to walk the walk. Well, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? I mean, I I have to tell myself on a regular basis, like if I won't do it, how the fuck can I teach it? You know, 100%. that's why I do the live or call. Right, right, right. right. That, that's the big piece. Yeah. The expectation management. 
they're going to look at you and be like, yeah, you're not doing it. So why am I going to do it? Like, That's are you, how are you going to discipline me or, or chastise me for not doing something you're unwilling to do yourself. Well, and that's why there's such a fine balance in being a CEO. On one hand, you need the ego to fucking drive. You need yeah. to be the fucking guy getting after it, but you also need the humility of doing the things that you traditionally don't think maybe a CEO should do, but those are the exact things they have to do to mm -hmm. have those expectations of others. So. And the reality of, of it is, as a small business owner, until you hit 30, 40, 50 employees, you're still seeing most of your employees every day. Yeah. You're yeah. not so far removed. At some point, you get so far removed, they don't know whether or not you're doing it because you have so many layers in between. Yeah. Yeah. But some of those, that middle management level is doing that piece, right? For sure. So you're going to that person, you're expecting them to do it. Well, essentially, it's the same thing as you when you had a smaller team. Mm, if you're the team example. leader, yeah. right, you're expecting. Now, when you become the platoon leader or the platoon sergeant, you expect those team leaders to do the thing. So if you weren't doing it as a team leader, you can't expect that flow, right? Right. Right. So as you promote up, you're you're still so close and granted as a team leader had 35, 40 soldiers at, at different times. They could literally see what I was doing and what I was not doing. As a company commander, that E1, E2 is not gonna see what you're doing every day. Right. right? right. So think you until you really get removed and you have a hundred employees, they're gonna be watching and noticing. And that is like a make or break point, right? As, especially as you're scaling. For sure, for sure. Dude, thanks for doing this, man. This is a hell of a conversation. And I love it even when I get challenged on my own thought process. So appreciate the fuck out. Always there. go on me. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> man, what a cool conversation. I love hanging out with that dude. Uh, I think we're going back in July to hang out with him for his event. So that'll be a really good time. Uh, what'd you like most about Zach and him talking through the operational stuff? You know, it was interesting listening to him talk, uh, and uh, I got to have a conversation with Zach um, last week as well, and we had similar conversations, was the, really the talking about, you know, the different levels of people you need to have in uh, running operations, and the, you know, you need the implementers that are actually doing the stuff, but then you need the integrators and the, the visionaries, and where they all really fall into uh they all have a specific role that needs to be played. Otherwise, the processes and the operations, the systems that you've set up, uh, they break down and they, they fall apart and, and they, they just crash. Uh, and uh, so I, I love talking, hearing about that because I think that that's really applicable to what we have going on with and success champions right now is figuring out all those parts and getting the right people you know, who are our implementers who are actually doing this stuff so that you and I can really focus on the visionary integrator type roles and making sure all the things are firing uh, in a in a systematic way and moving forward. Uh, so, you know, he's he, he is really just fun to talk about and let him nerd out about that type of stuff. So. Well, I wish I, I would. I wish I would have been there too to be in that conversation. So yeah, well, you guys would geek out more on the stuff than than I would for sure. <laughs> uh, the yeah, the biggest thing that I like talking to guys like Zach or even Thomas Keenan. We talked to him not too long ago. Is you know, operations is not my strong suit in business at all. So I need guys like y'all in my life to help get the operational sides um, uh, more dialed in and something that I'm focused on trying to get this better because uh, one thing that he brought awareness to me is uh, as a company we tend to look more for the leaders versus the doers and yep. making sure we don't get top heavy uh, as we go along so it's a good freaking you know way to always look at your business to 
figure this out. And uh, I like this new style of how we're doing the show because uh, a lot of cool lessons learned from some people that are doing this shit on it every day. So, so it's going to be fun as we continue going. So guys, if you got any value to or add anything out of this episode, do us a favor. Please make sure you're subscribed. If you're on YouTube, ring the bell. Comment below with what some of your takeaways are. Uh, and please send us an email or DM us on any of the platforms with your thoughts and takeaways uh, of everything on today's episode and share this out with one person, man, sharing this out and getting one other person to listen to the show is huge for us. So as always, love you, mean it. See you. Bye. When I created success champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an Island as they're growing their business. Yeah, they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as success champions.